I listen to pretty much everything. Like just being in Louisiana, you already know the culture was at an all-time high as far as you know the bounce music. Uh, you know when Lil Wayne was out, like Cash Money, like when they were on the rise. You know we were the byproduct of that. We were the people that they were talking about. We were the people that they were relating to. And it's kind of like, that was our whole culture, you know, bounce music, uh, you know, as far as rap, like the rap genre, they were pushing the culture forward, you know, Soldier Slim and <clears throat> Master P and, you know, just that whole New Orleans culture musically, just as far as rap, they were at the forefront of that. So I had that on, you know, just a rap side. And then we also had the local music, which is uh, Zydeco. I don't know if you've ever heard of that music, but it's it it's almost like if you can think of like a folk style music with almost like a rhythm and blues mix. Ooh. And yeah, it's, it's like really eclectic. There's a lot of people in Texas, you know, Houston area, Beaumont, you know, the closer to Louisiana, that border area where they they really listen to Zydeco music a lot, but it's really a Louisiana culture where it's something like a, it's a local thing, you know, it's it's something that everybody there, that's what you do. This is Musicians Can Thrive. A podcast community for anyone seeking to make money in the music industry. Musicians, audio engineers, managers, producers, booking agents, everyone across all niches. Welcome. My name is Gabrielle. I'm a singer-songwriter. These stories are for you. I hope they'll help you find new ways to thrive as a musician. Cody Brandel is an R&B artist with a passion for telling stories through his music. He's also an artist with a vision for how he can build a life around music that doesn't get held back by having a plan B. One day, back in the before times, you know, that sliver of 2020 before the first COVID lockdowns and before our lives included daily concerns like pandemic safety, I was attending a music business workshop that brought together all kinds of young people involved in the Austin music scene. It was that workshop that brought Cody Brandell into my path. Because on the first day, I found myself sitting by his manager, Harvest Lewis. And if you're a regular listener, musicians can thrive. You might recognize that name. Harvest is the guy who recommended Mama Duke to me as an interesting artist I should talk to. I share these stories about how I meet different artists and creators in the independent music world, partly because if I was listening to this show, I'd get curious about how the host found all these people. Because when an independent artist is in the process of building momentum with their music, it's not like you can go find them on a comprehensive directory with all the indie artists in your city. But I also share these stories in the hope that hearing them will encourage you. Almost every person I've interviewed from Musicians Can Thrive was introduced to me by someone else that I interviewed. And as I get to know each of these artists and creators, 
I begin to understand that many of them know each other and support one another. That's how the word gets out about their music. One person at a time. It's one of the most powerful things I've observed in the three years that I've been doing this. And that brings me to the highlight of what Cody and I discussed in this episode. How do you build an audience by creating art that has something to say, that can help you communicate with your listeners? And how can you become more connected with the local artists in your area so you can support each other? There's these trail rides where they have clubs, organizations that, you know, it's a country town. So everybody gathers, you know, gets their horses together. Everybody goes to this trail ride where they're gathering with all their horses and they ride, you know, a certain distance and come back to a meeting place where there are these, you know, Zydeco artists that pretty much just control the local market there, you know, and it's just, we have that along with the old school, you know, rhythm and blues, like, you know, the the old school jazz, B.B. King. And it, it's just like, it's so diverse. And then aside from that, hearing the jazz and all that music, we're hearing everything else. You know, we're hearing the rappers from New York. Uh, we're hearing uh, a lot of artists from California. We know about a lot of artists from California that are, you know, on the come up before they become famous because we, you know, we're, looking for that we're searching for that so i just was blessed to to actually listen to a lot a a plethora of just great music to where that's pretty much where i come from you know just expressing myself musically because i was able to soak up a lot of music and a lot of different sounds where it wasn't biased you know i didn't didn't have a a biased opinion because i listened to jay-z and little wayne but I'm from Louisiana. So it just kind of like put me in a mind frame of, you know, it's a, it's a big world out there, but it's almost like an escape. If you would think of it that way, like being in Louisiana, you know, you're, you're there and you really don't see how big the world is. And a lot of people utilize music to escape that sense of not knowing how big the world is. So I think that's that's really why jazz is, plays a huge part in our culture, you know, in our history, because, you know, there are a lot of artists, you know, even back then that actually traveled to New Orleans to see some of the greatest jazz musicians to ever live. And, you know, they didn't even express it in that matter. You know, it was just like, hey, I play jazz music, but it was like, you know, they wanted to keep the culture, you know, real authentic and genuine and they didn't leave. So it's kind of like, that's why the, you know, a lot of them are, you know, actually praised and put into hall of fame because of their authenticity, you know? So just being able to be blessed around that, I think that was enough for me to, you know, really take it seriously. Yeah. I find it really interesting how, the different ways that music plays a role in our childhood affects how we basically consider the possibilities that are open to us as musicians ourselves. Yeah. Cause I feel like in new Orleans, music is such a big part of the culture there that 
Of course, it's an option for you to be a working musician where you can support yourself entirely off of playing music. And no one's going to question that because they know that you go to any given bar on at least three nights a week and there are musicians there playing excellent music. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of people, like I said, that it's an escape, you know, like I've heard, uh, you know, just Birdman speak about it a lot, just on different interviews that he was on. I mean, just being in the rap industry, you know, not even being a like a consistent musician, just being a rapper from Louisiana, you know, it's, this is the way out. This is the escape. So, you know, drown yourself in this and everything is going to be okay. You know, and I think that, you know, it's a lot of artists, you know, that aspire that ambition, you know, I mean, look at Drake. He's one of the biggest artists in the world right now. And, you know, his mentor is a guy who's from Louisiana who just doesn't stop working. You know, he's always working. And Damn, I had no idea. Yeah, I mean, you know, Lil Wayne is just the person that he allows himself to mimic, at, even like still saying it, even confessing that till this day, like, hey, this is the guy I model myself over. I want to work as hard as him. And just knowing that he's from Louisiana and just kind of gives me that extra push to just know like, hey, if he did it, like you can do it. You know, and I think just for all artists, you know, that are from Louisiana, they have that, that same mindset, you know, just seeing somebody do it at the highest level, you know, whether you're a musician or not, because there, there are a lot of artists that are from Louisiana that are musicians that have won Grammys, but, you know, they're not like super famous, but they have those same accolades as some of, you know, the, the legends that we speak of. That's really cool. I, Honestly, Lil Wayne is one of the first rappers that got me into rap music when I was like first branching out on my own as a teenager. That's cool. (laughs) I had no idea he was like Drake's mentor or sort of role model. Yeah, I mean, um, that was pretty much how he was able to catapult into where he is now. You know, I mean, Wayne was a huge part of his, um, you know, level to you know his level up and you know of course drake took it from there i mean drake is his own entity not saying you know not to take away from drake but just having that cosign uh, i should say really validates him as a artist and then from there you know drake just took it to a whole nother level and just surpassed what you know wayne even thought of him so it's kind of it's real interesting to just, you know, see that process, man. And just to see, you know, a person like that still be humble, even at that level, you know, and and really like still want to be in the music industry. You know, he's still releasing music to this day, which is wild because I think about it. Like I remember when he was 14 and I was like five, six years old and he was releasing top selling albums, you know? So Lil Wayne was, yeah, Lil Wayne, you know, just with Cash Money. He was with Bling Bling. I don't, I don't, do you remember that song? I don't know much of his early stuff, but I do know the story of how he was working with Cash Money Records and how that basically, didn't they start him in a group and then he was kind of 
coming out as like the star and they're like hmm we should we should roll with this one yeah yeah he he started out in in a in a group like he was you know the youngest kid in the group and you know he came up with the catchy phrase bling bling <laughs> and you know that blew him up that catapulted him into you know just a different stratosphere as an artist and he just kept pushing and just to see that it's just like okay and to know that journey it's like all right yeah this this is real this is something serious so it just pushes everybody because there's a lot of talented artists in Louisiana right now, even that I that I know of, you know, that just don't have, you know, sometimes uh, the opportunities or the platform to, you know, actually get to that, that next level that they want. But I think everything is just, you know, it comes with time, you know, it comes with time and and just putting in the work and the, and the effort and the rest will take care of itself. Yeah. I really love that you pointed out that it just, sometimes you just need the time for things to play themselves out because I feel like when I was a teenager thinking about what I quote want to do with my life because there's all this pressure of like you need to decide by the time you're a junior in college I mean high school (laughs) so that you can like apply for college and figure out what your whole path is going to be for the rest of your life and it's just so insane but when it came to music I feel like on the outside looking in there's this pressure of particularly when there's like all these teen music stars that come out or like barely 20s music stars that come out and our society is just like wow they're so young and they're so successful and they're like the youngest ex to do this and at some point it's just like you know if you're really starting from quote zero where you don't have existing connections you don't have you know maybe family money to help you invest in some specific resource that can help you launch yourself you really just need to give yourself the grace to take as much time as you need to build a momentum where you have connections who can help you you have the knowledge even to like record yourself or play an instrument or just practice your craft of writing lyrics it it just takes time and there's nothing wrong with that yeah yeah I, I totally agree with you and for, for you to just understand it and, you know, put it that way, that is really, you know, something that will benefit you not only, you know, realistically with planning and having goals and understanding that time really helps you get to the, your goals. You know, it kind of like puts you in a headspace to where you can actually achieve those things. And by having those, uh, just that understanding with yourself, to say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm not there. I'm not going to compare myself to this person. I'm just going to do what I need to do and, you know, just follow my path and understand everything takes time. Like it, it makes you a better person. And it also allows you to have better mental health. Because, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, because if you're like rushing yourself to get somewhere, that'll stress you out. That'll put a whole lot of stress on your mind. Well, you really don't need it. You know, you're, yeah. you're living your own path. You're living your own life. And, you know, things happen for you when they're supposed to happen. I read this quote where it said, you know, luck is the opportunity where hard work and, you know, timing meet. Uh, you know, it's just, and the opportunity, you know, it's where hard work and opportunity meet. It's like, you can't rush it, you know, you can't 
make it appear. You just have to prepare yourself. And when that opportunity presents itself, then it makes sense. You know, so it's kind of like that's luck. That's what people think luck is. And it's like seeing people get to a higher level being younger. It's like sometimes I pray for those people, man, because it's like sometimes it, you can like go to the top and like crash and burn, you know, and it happens. You know, it's, it's a reality. And that's really what, you know, I look at even, you know, just being where I'm at in my position. I appreciate everything that I've been through. I was able to really have time to really develop myself as a man, you know, as a father and really become a better musician, um, become way more efficient, you know, just in life rather than just being a kid superstar. You know, I think that would... I would want to trade, you know, if, <laughs> if, if I, I'm seriously just looking at it. Like, you know, as I, when I was a kid, I used to just think like, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll sign for a major record deal, you know, millions of dollars. But just looking back, it's kind of like you can want those things. But in reality, it's like sometimes that may not be for you and your life goes the way that it's supposed to, because that's how you're supposed to like your life was supposed to go, you know, so. I just take it with a grain of salt and, and uh, make every day just something where I'm learning. Like, as long as you're learning, that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's all that matters. I'm glad to hear that, that you have that perspective because I feel like it's even – because I don't know how much older you are than me, but, like, I'm barely 24. And so to hear – someone like you who is just a little bit older but still having that perspective of like you know things are going to happen when they happen and the things that happen beforehand leading up to some opportunity they're important like you don't need to feel some arbitrary need to rush yourself yeah yeah I I mean I I am a little little bit older than you but uh (laughs) at the same time like I've been at that point where I even told myself, you know, this may sound crazy, but I mean, I I was young, you know, I was 18 years old, you know, living in New York, just seeing the things that, you know, I really yearned for, just being able to see that. And, you know, I used to tell myself, like, I'll be a millionaire by 21, you know, and just looking back, it's like, I I would not have known what to do with a million dollars at 21 years old. (laughs) Oh, my God. You know, it would have been disastrous. So it's kind of like, (laughs) (laughs) it's it's funny because, you know, I could laugh about it now because, you know, that's how much ambition that you have, you know, being young. And really, if you take that ambition and apply it to knowledge and apply it to, hey, I don't want to be a millionaire. Like, I want to know as much as a millionaire. When you have that ambition and you apply it towards the knowledge aspect, you will acquire that type of wealth before, you you understand what I'm saying? Before you actually get to that point. And that's really what I had to like wait to learn. You know, I wish I would have thought of that when I was 18. Like, man, I want the knowledge from someone who's a millionaire. I don't want the money because the money is not going to last. It's a tool, you know, but if you have the knowledge, then the knowledge will allow you to sustain that wealth. 
So that's really what I, that's really why, you know, why I'm so passionate about just taking my time because it's not a rush. We're not in a race. <laughs> We're yeah. not in a race at all, you know? But there's so many people that are just rushing life and not enjoying it. And a lot of older people like to blame social media, which is kind of true, but I think it's, it is kind of true just as far as like comparing yourself to other people. I mean, even if we look at like the old school media companies, Forbes has their 30 under 30 list or their 100 entrepreneurs or whatever. And I feel like, you know, when I was 16, 18, I spent a lot of time (laughs) honestly blowing off homework to write songs. (laughs) Wow. That's that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. I mean, that means you were passionate. You know, that, that means you were like extremely passionate about music and like that's that's cool like honestly because that's like dedication if you're like no I don't care about my grades <laughs> I, yeah. write this song. <laughs> I mean like I made sure I passed I, right, I had right. a solid like B average awesome um, yeah as long as you pass <laughs> <laughs> but like I just remember like beating myself up so hard because I felt like I was quote behind from all these people that were becoming like music superstars at, you know, 14, 18, whatever. But then we look back at artists like Michael Jackson and he is hands down the most talented producer and performer and artist that our modern world has seen. And yet yeah. he had so much shit to deal with because he had such a not like he wasn't allowed to be a child, basically. Man, I like you're the first person I've ever heard say that, you know, just based on what he's been through and like the stuff that he went through. It kind of like tarnished people's idea of who Michael Jackson was. Oh, he's one and, of my biggest role models. Yeah. Like I used to tell that to people all the time, like. Think about it, man. Like, you're like nobody has been, you don't know anybody that was a superstar in elementary. That's what I try to explain people, to explain to people, because if you don't think of it that way, you won't understand his situation. Like, think about it. You're five years old, six years old, and you're a superstar. The world knows you. So you're not regular. You're not going to think like a regular person. Uh-huh. And a lot of people don't understand that. Like, this guy was a superstar. The world knew him at six, seven years old. He tried to do regular things, but it was like, think about being a superstar when social media didn't exist. Like, I'm pretty sure it was worse than how it is now because now we get to see celebrities when we wake up, literally. We can go on our phone and look at when any celebrity is like doing something like, you know, they're cooking or like going to the store or like, you know, we can literally go on their page and enter their life instantly. But back then, like you couldn't do that. So it's like, if you're a superstar and you can't, you're a kid, you can't even go to the store. Like people don't get that. (laughs) And that's why it's like, okay, I get the guy didn't have a childhood, you know? And it's crazy how people are so insensitive to people sometimes man just based off of like 
narratives that are built up because the guy was a genius. Like he was a genius, I think. In, in oh, absolutely. Opinion. Yeah. Yeah. If, if I have to, you know, talk about it, put me on the stand. I, the guy's a genius. I think he's a great person. Didn't know him personally, but I just could imagine, you know, mentally what he had to go through. Like it is probably something that nobody could ever say they went through. Like nobody can say, I, oh, I know a person that was like that. It's like, he's the only person, <laughs> you know? So Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think Michael Jackson is definitely, you know, just next level, even being a uh, putting black music in the forefront because he like pretty much went out. Like if you listen to his last few songs, he went out saying, you know, this is wrong what they're doing to me because I'm black. Yeah. He went out he, and he went out saying that. Even the plastic surgery that he did, the fact that being in the American spotlight for so much of his life and he felt the pressure to change himself in such a drastic way, like it just breaks my heart every time I think about it. Yeah, man. Like to think the guy had to change and like, what do we know? Like, what if he just wanted to personally do it, you know, and change his look? But they, kind of just like shine the light on them. And there's a lot of celebrities right now that transform and don't even look the same that are doing plastic <laughs> surgery, but they don't put it, them on the news. You know what I mean? So it's like, come on, what? Yeah. why are you doing that to this guy, man? You know? So it's just, I don't know. Sometimes it's kind of like, you don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. No. Definitely all of the the scrutiny that comes with being famous like circling back to what you said about how there's all these musicians in new orleans who are incredibly talented and have achieved things like winning grammys but they're not quote famous i yeah. feel like in sort of greater society but also like in some cases just our families you know if you say oh i want to be a musician like my grandma's reaction was always like that's a great hobby honey like <laughs> be realistic get a good Man. job honestly but, that that's what it is you know that that's their mind friend right but the the reality is you don't need to be famous to be successful as a musician to even be able to build wealth or a long-term career for yourself and I feel like that's something I didn't fully understand until about six years ago wow and and that's good that you even like said that I think more people need to say what you just said literally more people need to hear that exact quote you do not need to be famous to survive off being a musician and you know, there's such a yearn to be famous that people water the craft down. They water the art down. And there's a lot of people that survive and have the same following, you know, if not more success than some famous artist. I really like this artist from New Orleans. And he's been putting out music for quite some time now. His name is uh, PJ Morton. Okay. And he's a R&B artist from uh, Louisiana, from, you know, New Orleans. And great artist, you know, 
you know, just like phenomenal writer, you know, got some Grammy nominations and just really overlooked. You know, a lot of people may not even know who he is, but in his world, he's successful. You know, and I look at artists like that and that's really what it's about. Like if you have a core fan base, people love what you do, people love your music, you know, that's that's what matters. And you're surviving and your family's taken care of based on the people who support you. That's literally all that matters. You know, the rest is extra, you know, that's a blessing. But to say, you know, I want to be the biggest name, it's like, not in today's world, man. It's, <laughs> God, no. <laughs> it, it's, it's crazy, man. You know, it, it's too much. You know, it, it, you have to almost like you're an actor for the world as a famous person now. Like your life is literally a movie. You have to play out your day every day. It's like, that's miserable. I just want to, you know, go to the store, not be like, hey, yay, can you take a picture right now? Like that would probably be crazy right now like mm-hmm. I wouldn't want that I just I think we need to get back to like what you just said if we get back to people knowing that hey you don't have to be famous you just have to make good music yeah if we get back to that I think the industry will become a whole lot more authentic you know because I've been hearing a lot of good music during the pandemic you know a lot of authentic music a lot of people are you know have a chance to focus on the music now now it's you can't really be distracted you know so and all the posturing of look at me look at all the times i'm going out and having a grand time this week it's exactly it's the opposite like you'll get shamed if you do that now exactly exactly and it's kind of like i said it's a gift to circle back it's a gift and a curse because Uh it's like we needed this you know it's unfortunate that we're going through this people are getting sick and going through troubling times but at the same time it's still it's bringing us back to the core of you know what life is you know just be where your feet are you know understand your life is there where it's at and you just got to deal with it man and just appreciate it and everything else works itself out that's all it is and it's been leading to a lot of really great music Oh, yeah. A lot of great music. Honestly, speaking of great music, you know, my project, I've, I've been working on it. Yes. Tell us about it. <laughs> so I've, I've been working on it for about a year now. Uh, I started, honestly, like in January of this year, kind of like right when the pandemic started happening, people were going, getting squirrely. People were getting crazy, like, hey, they're about to shut the country down. You know, I was just recording, recording, finding a new sound, you know, figuring out just a new direction where I actually wanted to go just with my music. And I think right now I'm at a, I'm at a good headspace where I'm able to compartmentalize my situation and create a avenue to get my music out there and tell a story and sonically, you know, in a culture where it's changing, you know, the culture is shifting and in order to, make people listen to it, you have to basically follow the curve. So I'm at that point now where my music is different, yet it's still what you know we love to hear. And I think when you find that marriage of yourself 
and you can also embody the culture what people are putting out now i think that's that's when you get really good music you know and i think right now like i'm there i can't wait to drop it i can't wait to you know to present this body of work for all the people that are supporting me you know my family you know just a lot of people in, in different places you know that may listen to it often you know in, in cities like new york and california that i may not even know of that's playing my music on soundcloud over and over this is for them you know so i think me sonically being at a place where i can consistently be myself and be able to stay afloat in this ever-changing culture i think it's just perfect timing man and it's real music i'm not talking about things that i haven't gone through i'm not talking about things that i haven't done you know majority of, of the content that I'm talking about is is relative to things I've been to been through and places that it's taken me and other experiences that I've seen other people go through as well. You know, just being more relatable to, you know, society. And I think once music gets back to that place, we're gonna hear a lot of great artists. And and I hope this inspires someone to create more music. Uh, that's really what I'm, I want out of this. Just even my, you know, upcoming project. I wanted to inspire people to, you know, stay true to themselves. So I think it's going to be really great. I, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm really excited. Me too. <laughs> I especially love that you were talking about the the stories, both of yourself, but also of others. Because I feel like My favorite rappers are the ones who really do have a craft, a talent for telling a story with their songs. Like J. Cole, especially, or Kendrick Lamar. The way that they bring words together and they basically transport you to a different place. Because to be completely honest, I grew up in Montana and I was basically in the country, you know, like <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I wasn't right. in the backwoods. I wasn't right. in truly the middle of nowhere, but it was a small town. It was a small college town that I grew right. up in. Right. <laughs> and so trying to understand what it's like growing up in an area of the States that is more populated, that is more diverse, that has, you know, whether it's a city or a suburb near a city when it comes to understanding what it is to be black in America and also what the culture of black people in, you know, it's different on the West coast than it is up in New York and it's different in the South, those different kinds of black culture, the way that I learned about it was by listening to the music. And so the stories that they told me through their lyrics helped me understand their experiences. Oh, that's awesome. Honestly, like I think, you know, just, if one of them, if Kendrick or J. Cole heard you say that, they would, you know, just be tremendously appreciative because that's why they do it. You know, it, it's a form of communication. And that's what I get from it, you know, just being a musician. Like, I'm communicating to an audience to tell the story. That's one of my favorite artists, too, Kim Lamar. Like, you know, just lyrically, and J. Cole as well. I actually seen him at Jambalaya few years back that was insane 
just to, you know, be able to see that and like see a person embody a story, you know, and like continuously tell stories about things that you may have heard, you know, your one of your relatives go through just because me growing up in predominantly, you know, quote unquote, hood area, you know what I mean? I, I think it, it's just kind of like you're subject to a lot of things because of your environment. When these guys tell these stories, you can basically relate it to someone in your family, you know what I mean? And that's really how a lot of these artists propel to uh, a, a sense of, of fame because their stories are extremely relatable. And that's really cool to hear you say that, like, this is my avenue, this is my portal into, you know, the Black culture, like, and that's what it's for. And I hear a lot of, you know, naysayers who may not like rap music, but they don't understand, like, that's what it's for. It's a form of communication. Like, I'm letting you know what we go through. This is why I'm making this music. I'm not trying to force who I am on you. I'm just letting you know this is what we go through. And I think if, you know, I, I mean, it's, it's getting there, but I, I wish it was more of an acceptance here in Austin because there's really not a lot of Black artists that propel from Austin. And I think it's because of that. It, they don't understand that we're telling stories about what we go through. And that's why it may come off as, you know, derogatory or, you know, may make certain people feel a certain way, but it's not to do that. It's not for that. It's to actually communicate and say, hey, this is what I'm going through. This is my life. I'm just telling you my story. And I think if more people took it how you're listening to it, it, it will be more accepted especially here in the city, man, because, you know, Austin is really the music capital, you know, of the South. And there's a lot of artists who come here during South by Southwest who benefit off of that. And there's not a lot of artists that are here who are able to benefit off of that to keep that going, you know, as far as here. That's honestly what we're missing, man, just for more people like yourself, Gabby, to, to put that on the, the, the forefront, saying, hey, like, this is why we're listening to this music. This is why, you know, and it's not because we want to go against the history of, you know, Austin culture, but more or less add to it. You yeah, know? this is part <laughs> of it. <laughs> right, right. You know, we got to add to it and not you know, shun everything else and say, oh, this is not a part of it. And, you know, just understand that we're on this world together. You know, if you looked at the globe through, you know, outer space, you looked at the world, like no one can go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we're here, unless you're going to be an astronaut and float in space. But what I'm saying is like, we can't go anywhere. So it's like, what's the fuss? I mean, on the one hand, it's like, why is it so hard for us to just accept that we are all human beings and all deserving of dignity and respect and the pursuit of happiness? But 
on the other hand, apparently that's way too complicated for some people, which I don't blows yeah. my mind. But <laughs> yeah, me too, okay, me too. <laughs> me too. I think it's just like when you're programmed to think that you know to think otherwise, it kind of like makes you just you don't want to change your mindset. You know, you just programmed to think that, and outside thoughts is no, that's not true. You know, but I actually, you know, not to jump off subject. I started watching Westworld like a few weeks back and just watching Westworld kind of made me think of like, sometimes that's really us. Like we're controlled people, you know, like we have a mindset, we have a stage and, you know, everything's controlled sometimes. I mean, I haven't watched Westworld, so I don't appreciate the full context of what you're saying, but I, I think I do get the the gist of it, which is that, you know, in any kind of science fiction dystopian reality that we hear stories about or that we get to watch a story of it's very very controlled and the narrative is exactly what the people in power want it to be and I feel like it's not that far off from our reality like there are real fucked up things happening in this world and we spend so much time debating whether or not those fucked up experiences are true or valid Exactly. And trying to control the narrative. It's like, why don't we just accept, okay, this is happening. How can we fix it? (laughs) That's it. Oh my gosh. And it's like, nobody wants to say that. Like everybody's still trying to like prove that they're right. When nobody's saying like, okay, forget who's right. How do we fix the whole thing? Instead of trying to figure out who's right. And it's like the conspiracy is becoming the conspiracy. And it's like, oh my gosh, like, why does it have to be this complicated? Because it's not this complicated in reality. You know, like we all go to sleep at night. We all wake up the same. Like, what is the big deal? Like, there's nothing that's different about any of us. You know, as much as we create division, there's really no division. We're all here together. We create the division. We create everything. Like, we're creating our own problems. Like, it's us. We're the problem. Like, you know? Like, <laughs> we're creating our own problems, you know? So it's kind of like everybody needs to just, I I think this, this happened for a reason. Like COVID happened for a reason, you know, like not to say it, you know, in that matter, but it's like, that's what it is. You know, it's it's like everybody has to realize, like has to wake up like, Hey, we are going on the wrong path as humans. And we need to take a second to, reflect, look on it, really observe it, and then, you know, move forward, you know, because if we continue to create division and do that, like, you know, we're not setting a good example for the future people that are going to be here. Yeah. The future adults, the kids. And that's really what I think about a lot, the future, because, you know, they're not thinking of the future right now. You know, a lot of these like older politicians they don't some of them care but a lot of them are just really thinking about the now and i think that's what hurts us sometimes them thinking about the now and not thinking about 15 years from now or you know 20 years from now and how it'll affect them yeah for sure i mean even just the way that to tie this back into your observations about Austin and the music scene here there is so much pride in 
like I, I have vivid memories of when I moved here and every single person I met, the second they found out I was a musician, they were like, did you know we're the live music capital of the world? <laughs> and it's like this thing that they fling around and they're yeah. so proud of it. But it's so specific. They are so focused on what is currently established as the status quo with icons like shaky graves and yeah you know stevie ray vaughn is is another one that people really like to talk about yeah yeah i i've seen like a a lot more people talk about stevie ray vaughn and part of me kind of feels like their yearn for that that moment like that era was something that they do not want to not necessarily let go of, but, you know, they want to keep that era thriving. And I think that really is what overshadows the new, anything yes. new. I had a chance to meet Gary Clark Jr. a couple oh of times. Oh my God, really? Yeah. And like, it's, it's so random when the first time during South by, and he was just walking around. You know, like I knew him, I seen his face and I was like, oh my God, what the fuck? (laughs) He is one of my biggest role models. Yeah. And I was like, dude, what are you like? What are you doing walking around? He's like, dude, I'm just checking out shows, man. I'm like, dude, can I take a picture with you, bro? Like not to be on the fanboy stuff, but like, (laughs) I really like your music, man. I I really respect you as an artist. Like I, I have to capture this moment, you know? And that was really cool, man. Then I seen him another time with, uh, one of my musician friends from Louisiana, and I was talking about him, and we were walking down on Sixth Street, and we literally, he walked up like right in front, like we were talking. I was like, "Man, Austin is a great place. You can just meet random superstars in there. It's just regular." And as soon as I'm saying that, like I'm like, "Oh look, this is Gary Clark Jr. right there," and he was just walking. He's like, "Yeah, I'm coming from a show." My friend was just like blown away because that's one of his idols. And he's like, dude, like scary Clark Jr. Just like a regular person. But <laughs> I don't know. It's just like he shouldn't be able to walk around here like that. Like he should be like, oh, my, they should be like going crazy. Like, oh, my God, it's Gary Clark Jr. But what I'm saying is that like this guy can just walk around regular and nobody really knows him. But he's so significant. Mm-hmm. And that I don't get that. He should be put on a different like platform because they'll talk about him like oh yeah he's from here he's like austin's best kept secret almost yeah i would agree with that you know and it's like he should be so much more famous because like i'll tell my friends about him who listen to predominantly black like rap music or whatever and i'll be like you know gary clark jr is like nah but it's like he everybody should know who gary clark jr is in my opinion i would agree with that i would also add that I feel like no one in Austin, when you move here, talks about, like, if they they find out you're a musician, they're like, oh, you should check out this artist, or you should check out, like, this venue. It's 90% of the time, I mean, probably 95% of the time, it's like a folk pop, you know, sort of funky acoustic music recommendation. Yes. Or yes. <laughs> it's like the indie blues rock. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. And that's and so I, frustrating to me. <laughs> yeah, I know. It, it makes you think that, like, okay, 
there's only artists make that type of music here. And it's like, no, there's other artists here, but they're more local. And it's just like, what? No, they're the same artists. Like, it's the same. They are in the same industry. Like, it's music. It's the same industry. And I think uh, they look at it as a popular factor. Like, the only artist that can become popular from this area it has to be a country artist or like, you know, a, like you said, folk or blues. Wow. And, I really forgot country. <laughs> Thank you for adding that. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like that's what they think comes from Texas. And, yeah. you know, the only like black hip hop music is like, if it's coming from Dallas or like Houston area, you know, because those areas are, you know, predominantly black areas that, they support their local artists and put them on that level. But here it's kind of like, it's really non-existent because there's a lot of really dope like black artists here that are from here, born and raised here. And that I like just love their music. And it's just, just to know like, wow, like they're not even supported enough to like be on a platform here in their own city. And that is like, so strange to me. It should change. It, you know, it needs to change. And I think once it does change, it will help the economy here because it's a grander scheme. You know, these artists, if they become on a platform, you know, like the rapper, the babies, like if they become on that level, then their financial situation can allow them to put back into the economy in that city Mm -hmm. you know so i think if if they understood it like that and understood that if you put these artists on a platform they will boost your economy i don't think they think that i don't think they look at it that way we've made it about halfway through the show and we're going to have a quick pause Ads are irritating distractions, so they'll never be a part of the Musicians Can Thrive podcast. Thank you for listening. To make sure you get new episodes as soon as I release them, subscribe wherever you like to listen to podcasts. I'm so glad I get the honor of sharing these musicians' stories, and it would mean a lot if you would be willing to help me share them. Spotify has this awesome feature where you can share podcast episodes directly to Instagram stories. So if you're willing... Tell your followers about your favorite episode. Last thing. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leaving a quick review helps other musicians learn about Musicians Can Thrive. I appreciate your support. Back to the show. I think the other thing that frustrates me about the attitude towards music in Austin is the younger people, like my generation, your generation, you know, maybe one before and one or two below. I don't know how many we're at yet, but <laughs> right, right. <laughs> at least one below. They're old enough to listen to rap music. Right, but, right, right. Like they love hip hop music. They love rap music. But when it comes to finding the more underground artists or the indie artists, I don't know. I've just noticed this interesting trend where I feel like indie music is really sort of you know, counterculture popular for pop and rock and electronic style music. But when it comes to hip hop, everyone's like, oh, just give me the top 40 hits. It's like, you're closing yourself off to 
all of this incredible music that you just don't know about it because they haven't gotten enough clout yet to make it onto like the rad caviar playlist or the top 40 charts and so yeah yeah i'd love to see more of that what i think what happens is once these artists get to a rap caviar level they don't acknowledge the ones that are coming up i think it's on both parts sometimes And, and and i say that because it takes the person who has the power to dictate what the fans do. So, mm-hmm. you know, if if the artists are saying, hey, like you should check out my artist, you should check out this person, you should check out this person. If there was more of a camaraderie amongst musicians that supported each other, that's how that the fans correlated as, hey, oh wow. Because Atlanta has the perfect blueprint for that. You know, really. It, yeah, like that's why there's so many successful artists in Atlanta. So for those who don't know, tell us what goes on in Atlanta. Perfect. So in Atlanta, and I'm not from there, but just being in, in the music industry and understanding how there's levels to it. And in Atlanta, these artists are friends, you know, before they even become, you know, these top 40 artists or rappers they're putting effort to helping their fellow friends, their fellow musicians. And when they do that, it creates a, you know, support system where some artists will support this artist and say, Hey man, check his music out. Look it up, you know, look up his music, check it out because he's a little bit further than him as far as clout. And then once that artist gets a little bit more, you know, recognition, then he points out another artist that he likes. And then mm. it's it's a domino effect of support. And then now once you have, you know, maybe 10 artists that are top 40, top in the charts, they're doing that with everybody else. And it's a cycle that is so continuous that right now, that's why Atlanta is the mecca of the music industry right now, currently. And because of that reason, because they follow the protocol of supporting artists that aren't famous, you know, artists that are on the come up, that are just putting out good music consistently, and they really are passionate about their music, that's who, you know, get the support. It's just, like I said, like a domino effect. And once that happens, then the fans follow whatever that, whatever is going on. You get what I'm saying? Like the fans are literally... They're the not the sheep, but in reality, like you just listening. So we're controlling what you listen to. So if I tell you this guy is cool, listen to him. Nine times out of ten, they're gonna do it. <laughs> yeah, you know. Well, because so, it, it comes down to the power of someone that you trust, basically creating an experience for you. That's it. And if that's you love their music and you know they have good taste, then if they tell you, "Hey, this person's really dope." you already trust them. So of course you're going to go check out someone else they recommend. Exactly. And that's what I think once a artist does get a opportunity here in the city, you know, they have to utilize their platform to support other artists and 
put together things that will catapult a platform here because once there's a platform here and it's a it's a cycle it'll just get bigger and bigger and bigger to where it won't we won't even have this discussion anymore it'll be like yeah if you move to austin you can become a known musician or you know a known rapper yeah. and that's what you know once that happens that that's what austin's going to be and it's it's getting there there's a lot of people that are moving from california here there's a lot of people who moved to california that are moving back to austin <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> So it, it's going to happen sooner or later. Well, I don't know how much clout I have right now, but as it builds, I'm passing it out as much as I can. Man, honestly, Gabby, I, like for you, like I told you, you know, before, I think you even doing this and creating this open dialogue to talk about it, because that's the key, you know, talking about it, communicating the dialogue that will allow those doors to open, that's what matters. And if you continu- continuously put that dialogue out there and continuously, you know, supporting things that may be new, oh my gosh, that's what it's all about. Like you're the, you know, forerunner, you're the front runner of something special. So yeah, you're, you're all good. <laughs> you're, you're exactly where you're supposed to be at for sure. Man. Thank you. I really appreciate that. <laughs> no problem at all, Gabby. Seriously, no problem at all. Because this is really what needs to move the culture forward. We got, like I said, we got to talk about it and put out good music too. So, yeah, doing that together, it's it's gonna happen. It's just a matter of time. Damn straight. And then hopefully, you know those those young musicians that are coming up now. I really hope I can help them not feel like they're behind at 18 like I did. I I hope I can help them feel like, you know what? I can tell my grandma who's telling me to get a real job that this is a real job. And I know exactly how I can because I have this resource with all of these different artists saying, hey, here's how I make money. You can exactly. do it too. Exactly. <laughs> and that's it. Like, that's what it's all about. Helping, you know, helping the future. Because that's my goal, you know, so once I get to a certain level, I, I definitely want to help the future, you know, and build that so I can leave a legacy. Yeah, damn straight. So how did you get from Louisiana to New York and Austin? I pretty much um, went on just a, a trip, just a see the the buildings just to see you know atlantic to see sony i had a friend who he worked in the the record label he worked in you know the music industry for quite some time and he knew a few people at the record labels and he pretty much was just you know bringing me there to shop me around and also just teaching me the game teaching me the music industry showing me you know really how it's controlled and the things you have to do to survive in this business. So I was blessed to, to actually have that opportunity right after high school to go there and learn all that. And, you know, there's a lot of things that happened, perspired there. I was able to work with some major, I had major opportunities to work with, you know, a lot of, you know, successful people in the music industry and just stayed there, built some really good relationships. And I just, kind of just stayed there and soaked up as much knowledge as I could 
And, you know, I was, I was out there, but I was like, you know, New York living, man. I was getting by, you know, I wasn't struggling, but I was getting by, you know, <laughs> but I was living the typical New York kid life, you know, 18 years old in New York and did that for like two years, came back and was like, okay, now I got to establish myself. So I was like, where can I go? And I was like, okay, Austin sounds cool. So saved up for a few years, went back to Louisiana, saved up a little bit. Once I felt like I was ready, I was like, okay, I want to go to another city. I was thinking about California, but visited, I was like, it's too fast. I'm not ready yet. So I was like, I think Austin would be right in my speed, you know, and I came here, enjoyed South by 2013. Mm -hmm. And I, I was just like, okay, yeah. I'm here now. This is where I need to be. So I just, I stayed, you know, never went back, man. And I, I like appreciate it so much because it's like allowed me to, you know, get to a level where I would have never expected, you know, where I'm at now. Just having a family, being a, you know, homeowner is just, it's, it's exciting, man. You know, just living here and just having the opportunities. That's what I'm yeah. appreciative of. I bet. One of the things that's interesting to me when I talk to different musicians is how some of us decide to stay where we're at and make noise there and build a career within our local music scene and yeah. others <laughs> choose to go to a more like just a city that's known for having music and for being a place where musicians sort of congregate and gather and I feel like it's really easy for people to dismiss Austin in a lot of ways because we don't have the infrastructure. We don't have the labels, but when it comes to finding a place where you can have a good quality of life and be in a community of musicians, Austin's really a winner for that. Yes. <laughs> I, I tell it to anybody. Cause most people will be like, they'll ask me and they'll be like, Oh, how do you like Austin? I'm like, dude, I'm living the dream because I'm able to like be a human still like survive and like not have to like stress where I'm competing with other people, you know, making myself feel less than, you know, and I think in bigger cities like LA and New York, that's what happens. Like you'll go to that big city and you'll get swallowed up because there's people that are further than you because they're from there, you know, and you can get caught up in trying to compete with those artists. And in reality, it's like, it's not a competition. It's really about you're in competition with yourself. If you could be the best that you could be, like, that's all that matters. Like competing with other people is going to like take away from who you are. And I think Austin is the city where you can like be yourself, still live an abundant life and appreciate it and make really good music because you're happy. You're truly happy. You're not kind of happy. You're not like, oh, well, I'm forcing myself to be happy to make this good music. It's like, no, like, I'm really happy. Like, <laughs> genuinely. Yeah. Or not, like, holding out for the day that you finally get that miracle deal that you think right. exists. And then you'll be happy. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, but even then, though, like, even then, Gabby, even getting that, like, really cool opportunity to, you know, take care of your family abundantly and, you know, take care of your immediate family as well. Like, that's awesome. You know, and that's great. That's what, that's what we're doing it for. 
But I think just what I'm saying, like being happy making music is really like the true meaning of like success. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. Yeah, like there's a lot of artists that will make music and they're like miserable, but that like the music sounds like depressing. So, and you can hear it sometimes. And, you know, that's not where I want to be headspace wise. Like I want to feel good, period. Like I just want to feel good about making music and be happy. And then if I get blessed in the process, cool. But my main goal is to just be happy making the music. And that's success within it's like if you give yourself those expectations you will disappoint yourself and you know i don't want to do that as a as a musician like you can't disappoint yourself and make good music you know so just being happy man and like really understanding like that's where good music comes from it comes from your soul when you feel good period Like, it, it's Mic not drop. even... <laughs> All right. <laughs> Mic drop, for sure. Like, so serious. That's what it is. It comes from the soul where you're feeling good. And you can do that here. And I, I, I pray that I'm, you know, one of the artists that is able to, you know, let the world know that it is possible here in Austin. Yeah. I'm, again, so glad you said that. because. When I first started, you know, I I sort of went to college because I was like, maybe I need a backup plan. But then I dropped out because I was like, screw that. I can make music and I can I can make this for myself. And so I started down this path as an adult for the first time making music, figuring out, okay, how am I going to support myself sufficiently so that I can afford to keep this going? And I feel like it's really easy for us to get focused on, okay, this is my quote dream. This is my quote career. And so a lot of the stories that are told, you know, throughout the previous generations are you have one job and that is your entire source of income. And that's what you need to be quote successful and live a good life. But at the end of the day, if you have some source of income that is not your music, and it makes you happy and that enables you to be happy and you have sufficient time to also make the music and then build an audience with it however much is important to you like you could just get the music synced on a tv show or you could go and perform and build that kind of audience like really whatever makes you happy and just enables you to keep making music like it took me so long to realize that's really what I care about at the end of the day. Yeah. That And honestly, like, that is what it's about. Because think of it this way. I mean, think of it, like, in an aspect of, like, just knowing, okay, you want to be in a certain place. You want to be at a certain level musically, you know. But you have to realize you have the advantage. And I tell this to a lot of artists. You have the advantage if you're not famous, because once you're famous, you can't work a regular job. You can't go get a job anywhere because you're famous and people are going to question you every day and it's going to mentally mess with you. So while you're not famous and you're not on a huge platform, 
the smart thing is to do it, get a job. Cause now you can work and fund your music on your own. You don't need anyone to help you fund your music. You can fund your music and you're happy because you're not struggling. You're not a struggling artist anymore. Now you're a smart artist who's using their, you know, capital that they're making from a job to invest into your music. Like that's what a business does. A business gets investors to invest into the business to make money. And if you're an artist and you have an opportunity to go and make money, whether it be with your craft and a normal job, a regular job, that is the smartest thing to do to put yourself in a better position so that there's no plan B. It's a part of your plan. Like it's a part of your plan A. Yes. You know, and like that is how you propel to that next level. And I preach that to a lot of people, man, because if you're just like an artist, you know, kid at home, it's like, man, I want to be on this level. I want to be on this guy's level, but I just want to do music. Like, I don't want to do anything else. Like, you can have that mindset, but you're only limiting yourself to just make music when you can like find out. Hey, I'm good at this too. I can do this too. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) And like, we're, we're humans. We love multiple things and loving the multiple things makes us better artists because you get different ideas that can inspire you that you wouldn't have thought of if you were just every day, like, okay, I got to think about nothing but music. Like I literally did that because I thought that was what I needed to do. And I got maybe six months in. And I was like, this sucks. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. You know, I mean, just think of it like this. Look at it like this. Kanye West, he pretty much took himself, uh, you know, to a starting point again, like getting into fashion. He was ridiculed. He was told, you can't do this. He was laughed at. He was pointed at. Oh, yeah, whatever. You know, you can't do this. And he had to humble himself and he did it. And now he's one of the richest designers right now. You know, and it's like, that should tell you something. It's like if Kanye West, one of the biggest artists out, can humble himself and do something totally different and go back to zero and still achieve that, it's like, who are we? It's like merch on steroids. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) It's like, who are we? You know, we need to take advantage and, you know, just realize, you know, we're at where we're at, appreciate it, you know, and take advantage of everything. Don't just be in a box and put yourself in a a mental box of like, I got to make a song every two hours. You know, it's like, dude, you can really like plan this thing out and like make sense with it and be in a comfortable position you know and that's that's really what i want to be a testament of like hey like i've worked a regular job before like before i became this you know and that's that's really what i'm hoping to do for future artists to let them know like hey you don't have to just not do anything and just play on the weekends like you can actually like do something constructive learn a trade you know like Just do something that will just diversify who you are, you know, because I don't know if you know Bill Withers. Are you familiar? Oh, I love Bill Withers. All right. So did you know Bill Withers was like in the Air Force before he put out music? 
Really? Yeah. The guy was like working on airplanes and he took his money from his past job and recorded those songs as a demo. Oh. And, and then he's the icon he that got, he is now. Yeah, he, he got a record deal from Stax Records because he had the money to record a demo from the Air Force money that he made. Like, when you hear stories like that, like, it's like, come on, like, people saying, like, oh, I'm an artist, I can't, I don't work a job. It's like, dude, what? Like, do not limit yourself. Like, <laughs> like do not yeah. do that, like, at all, because it's, it's like when you look at artists that have done that, it's like they're legends. Like Bill Withers is a legend. And he was like almost in his mid-30s and like was like, all right, I'm done with the Air Force. I wasn't even thinking about doing music, but hey, I'll do it. And like he's a legend now. Like that is mind-blowing to me. Like it's crazy. <laughs> I'm so glad you shared that story. That's beautiful. <laughs> I literally like watched it. I watched, you know, his documentary and I was just like, okay, this gave me a sense of like comfort, you know, because, you know, yeah. artists, you know, you, you want to be in a certain position, you know, we're all human, but it's still just like, when you hear those stories, it really just makes you appreciate like, okay, I am like everybody else, man. You're not special where it's just going to happen. Like, you know, like it, it doesn't happen like that for everybody, you know, and just got to yeah. appreciate it. I think it also helps take the pressure off things with music so that you can enjoy it more and also just create music without starting to feel sort of resentment over it because like we, we record a song and we release it, but, no one's going to buy that CD. No one's going to buy that one single, generally speaking. Right. And so if you're trying to figure out how to support yourself full-time as an artist, if you have this narrative in your head of, I need to be able to support myself as like a whole person living, or maybe you've got a family that you need to support too, and it's going to come entirely from one source of income, just considering the state of the world that we live in today, that's a little insane. Like even Kanye has fashion <laughs> income in addition to right. his music income. <laughs> right, right. And so if you stop worrying about the pennies that you're getting paid from streaming songs and instead you have spaciousness and abundance because you have, I mean, your job could be audio engineering. It could be something cool that you like just as much as creating music. Exactly. Exactly. And then because your mental health is better because you're not worried about your survival and you're not pissed off about how little you're making from streaming, you can make better music. You can create an amazing live show. You can create interesting merch. Like the money will come. You just exactly. gotta shift your mind about it. Man, that's so powerful. Yes, you have to shift your mind. And that's why I'm so confident in this project. And because of what you just said... <laughs> That's why it will be so, uh, you know, monumental for me is because I'm super comfortable, you know, at a great headspace. You would think I'm signed. <laughs> you would think I'm signed to a record label the way I feel. We only got one life. You know I'm invested in you. I won't tell you less than the truth. Contemplating while I'm in the booth. 
say I'm coming on to you You say I don't love you and I never really show it Always overlooking what a nigga really doing I got bigger dreams than a dinner in a movie You be on my mind all day Just can't trust me I never let well, you go manager helping you out so you're doing pretty good <laughs> yeah yeah definitely I, I mean but just to know how you know it kind of makes you feel because you hit it right on the right on the head just as far as like feeling good you know you can feel good about yourself and you could just make you know make really good music and you know I, I utilize TuneCore as an artist and you said it right you're getting paid pennies but you know for me like I don't feel like I need the validation through that, like getting that, it's going to be awesome, you know, but just knowing that I can really just make music to say like, I really love it. And I'm putting out really good music and people appreciate it. the people who do listen to it really appreciate it. That's all that matters. And just being in this time, being able to support a family and just being able to, you know, accrue some type of uh, foundation is really just like a blessing, you know, because there's artists right now that rely on touring that cannot do that right now. Yeah. You know, and it's so sad. It's unfortunate, but just being appreciative of where I'm at, like, hey, I don't have to really, you know, worry about that. I can still just really make good music, you know, and not have to stress about like, man, I can't do a show. And that's where all my money comes from, you know, so... It's kind of unfortunate, you know, just it's a crazy time right now. But uh, I know when things go back to normal, I I think a lot of artists that do have opportunity to sit back and reflect and make really good music, those are going to be the artists that are in the forefront as soon as this is over. I would agree with that. And I'm very, very excited to hear your project. Awesome. Well, I can't wait for you to hear it, Gabby. You hearing my other music, I think this is this is a level up from that. So <laughs> you're gonna, you gonna really be impressed. <laughs> I'm sure I will be. Definitely, well, definitely. I could easily just keep talking and keep talking with you, but I want to respect your time. So we will end here. But thank you so much, Cody, for sharing your experiences and your perspective. It's really, really helpful. Well, I appreciate you allowing me to come on your platform, Gabby, to express who I am as a person. And, you know, hopefully somebody listens to this tomorrow or two years from now when I'm, you know, really famous. And, you know, they're like, wow, I didn't know he was such a, you know, humble person. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, I really just appreciate everything, you know, that you're doing for the culture, the, the things that you actually opening up, you know, you're opening up Pandora's box about, you know, just equal rights and, you know, just equal opportunities. And I really appreciate you for that, you know, from the bottom of my heart. And I I think what you're doing right now is is definitely going to be something major in, in the near future. Thank you. I cannot tell you how much that means to me. Wow. <laughs> no worries at all, Gabby. No worries at all. Please check the show notes for links to find Cody Brendel's music, social media, and all that fun stuff. One last thing before you go today. There are techniques, strategies, and routines that work best for different people. 
With that in mind, I encourage you to consider this. What's one thing you can do to help the artists in your local community become more connected with each other? And how can you invite these musicians to bridge the gaps across different genres so the different pockets of your local community can come together without getting isolated from each other? Thank you.